Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Fasting applies extra pressure to the spiritual realm. We're still in the opening section about the spiritual benefits of fasting. If you want to call that chapter one, it's pretty lengthy. There's a lot of subheadings. And so here is the next one in uh, part one of the book. As you can, you can see, we've got different angles. Now I can show you feasting and fasting is what we're featuring here. Podcast video casting, and also we're putting it on Audible for Audible listeners. And so no matter what you're, if you're either listening on on um, on YouTube, you can download the book, Feasting and Fasting, for free at the church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org, and you can go along with us, So, uh, or with me, I should say. So the next section is titled, Fasting Applies extra pressure to the spiritual realm. And I, I like this topic. So let's, let's get into this. Matthew 17, 21. Jesus said that a certain evil spirit does not go out of a person except by prayer and fasting. Now, some manuscripts, you know, disagree on whether this verse should be included or not. And we, you know, you, if you look at the majority text, uh, how they got the Bible or the older text, and it's kind of where they they split up, and that's where words like Codex Sinaiticus come from, Codex Codex Vaticanus, the Received Text, uh, you know, all these the Alexandrian school of texts. Point is, in some of the manuscripts, it has this verse. Jesus said, "This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting." First, he said, "This kind does not go come out because basically you're you're not believing enough. You have unbelief." And then he says, "How be it." Nevertheless, though, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So some manuscripts have it, some don't. So my thought is God allowed it in the Bible. And so it's a good thing if God allowed it in the Bible. And we know that, that fasting definitely applies, fasting applies spiritual pressure for sure. So Matthew, continuing on that, on that um, verse, Arthur Wallace notes this, and it's so important. Often pressure has to be maintained, pressure has to be maintained before there is a breakthrough in heavenly warfare. Again, I'm reading the manuscript, feasting and fasting uh, for those who are are watching us. And uh, it's such a true statement. Pressure has to be maintained before there is a breakthrough in spiritual warfare. And what he's saying is often we have to apply pressure to the spiritual realm in order for there to be breakthrough. I mean, we know this. How many of us have, you know, said a, said a quick prayer and then, oh, the spiritual warfare is over. Now, sometimes that happens, but more often than not, it's praying and fasting and interceding and travailing and pushing and bringing down this, this wall, the stronghold, one brick at a time. And sometimes it takes some seasons of prayer and fasting to really see a breakthrough. You know, it appears that some demonic activity is not released until pressure is applied through prayer and fasting. The weapons we use to fight Satan are not physical. They are spiritual. 
So the weapons should match the warfare. Satan cannot be eliminated with an AR-15, but we can fast and pray. Those two high-caliber spiritual bullets do substantial damage. Open the word, pray, meditate, and worship for the fatal blow. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Zechariah 4, 6. Two wills cannot successfully live in the same body. Our self-will and God's will. We can't defeat what we feed. God's word says this, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. Right? So there's two competing things going on, the lust of the flesh and being filled with what the Spirit wants. First John, check out First John, the whole chapter 2 is great. Society says, be yourself, embrace your longings, feed your desires. However, we know that gluttony and indulging the flesh never lead to spiritual victory or any victory for that matter. So let's continue reading about how fasting applies extra pressure to the spiritual realm. And if you want to follow along, you can get the book, Feasting and Fasting. Uh, it's a free download on our church website. However, we know that gluttony and indulging the flesh never lead to spiritual victory or any victory for that matter. Some strongholds hang on piece by piece. We must resist the devil and he will eventually flee. Check out James 4, 7. Fasting disciplines the body while prayer and worship bind the enemy and the word of God provides wisdom. Fasting ignites a hunger for God and provides direction. For example, I was, I was energized to write this book actually on a long fast. So, you know, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not promoting a works-based religion. I'm demonstrating the importance of spiritual disciplines that produce godly fruit. What is dead in your life that you know God is wanting to resurrect? What dream, goal, or godly ambition is waiting to be realized? Is there a stronghold that has been gripping your life? Do you desire a deeper walk with God and increased spiritual hunger? Do you need self-discipline and temperance? Do you need a breakthrough, direction, or peace? Is all hell breaking loose in your life? Are there great obstacles ahead? If you answered yes to some of these, like most of us do, then it's time to prepare for battle through prayer and fasting. Ask God for direction and set a target date. Remove the hindrances within your home, such as junk food and junk media, out of sight, out of mind. Fuel the completion of your fast by praying and reading and worshiping and listening to sermons on fasting. I also like to watch YouTube videos on the power of fasting just for extra motivation. Um, you know, have a prayer life. I'm sorry, have a prayer life. Of course, have a prayer list available and that will aid your prayer life. It's a battle and a hunger strike against hell is often what we need. It's challenging and it's difficult, but the pain of discipline, as I said earlier in the book, far outweighs the pain of regret. After I stumbled through my first seven-day water fast, Fox News contacted me to fly to New York to debate a pastor with opposing views on morality. My wife and I also met two Christian men who have been a great encouragement uh, through their ministries to me. We met uh, Pastor Jim Simbola of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and we were uh, able to meet Kirk Cameron there at the Fox News new studio. Just cool things. God is opening doors. I can't, I mean, this book is from 2018. We're, we're at the end of 2023. You'll probably be listening to this in 2024. 
I can't even tell you how many other doors God has opened. Now, some things God would, you know, would open without fasting, I'm sure, but it adds a dynamic, uh, to our walk. Um, I did a fast of about five days a month ago. And within a short amount of time, Muscle and Fitness Magazine, the number one secular magazine on fitness, one to three million readers, did my story on addiction. I believe you can find it in probably the November edition on that. And then uh, Fox News, I got an email last week on wanting to do a podcast on one of my articles. And then um, as I'm recording this, I just talked to many of you know Pastor Vlad from Ukraine. I'm working with his producer to uh, talk about fasting. Hopefully that will go through. We're, we're trying to work out all the details now. Um, so that, that all happened with, I believe that fasting played a huge role in that. Um, now, a perfect fast didn't do this, right? Oh, a perfect fast. If I do this, God will do this. No, what fasting, I believe, does. And I believe we have to be, you know, clean, chosen vessels that God can use. So, and I want to be careful here because there is grace and mercy and God does things in spite of us. But often a cleaner vessel can be used for mightier things. What I mean by that is the more we repent and are broken and humble and filled with God's spirit, the more he can use us. And so more doors will open. And if we're caught in sin and we're, we're going out and doing this and we shouldn't be, you know, it, I don't think we're going to be used nearly as much as we could be used of God if we were uh, focusing on holiness. I mean, that's clear throughout Scripture. The number one attribute of God mentioned in the Bible is not love, it's holiness. The angels cry, holy, holy, holy. But again, it's not about perfection, but direction. God doesn't love me more when I fast, but I sure love him more. It's not about getting my wish list fulfilled when I fast. It's about lining up my heart with God. And as I focus on him, the Bible says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will actually be established. That word established in the Hebrew is kind of like thinking of, of concrete too. You know, your, your thoughts are going to be established, are going to be placed into your mind. These concrete absolute truths are going to be placed into your mind that God wants you to work toward and fulfill. He plants the, th how do we do things if the thoughts aren't planted by God? I mean, the enemy plants thoughts, my own flesh plants thoughts, and thank God that he plants thoughts. So, the vast majority of the heroes of the faith fasted. There's just no way around that. I mean, I look right now, I'm reading a book about the Methodist circuit riders. They fasted. Wesley and his crew, you know, that, that's who they were. They fasted. Uh, John Knox, uh, there in Scotland. Um, we've got Duncan Campbell in New Hebrides. I'm reading on, of course, Calvin and Luther. Luther fasted while he worked on the Bible. Tyndale, Huss, Silvanarola back in Italy. Augustine. I mean, John Bunyan, Amy Carmichael, Adoniah Judson, Hudson Taylor, fasting has been very powerful, very powerfully used throughout Christian history. But in America, our fullness is our downfall. Leonard Ravenhill once said, when there's something in the Bible that churches don't like, such as fasting, they call it legalism. He is right on the money on that. Whether it's on radio or television, the internet, or at church, we often hear that God has a wonderful plan for our life and that Christianity is easy and carefree. We have changed following Christ into an easy path rather than a narrow road. We've made Jesus a butler rather than a king. We want the cross light and the road easy and the burdens lifted. Folks, that is not historical biblical Christianity. Spiritual disciplines are intended to not only break, uh, break down strongholds, 
but also to build us up spiritually. So think about that. Spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting is what we're talking about right now. There's other ones, of course, reading the word of God. And more importantly, or I should say just as important is obeying the word of God, walking in humility and brokenness and asking to be filled with the spirit and walk according to the spirit, not the things of the flesh. And those are spiritual disciplines. They break down strongholds, but they also build us up spiritually. Yes, God blesses his people. We should pray for and enjoy and encourage his blessings. But a wonderful, comfortable life is not always a blessing. And I thought it, it was interesting now in the health and fitness in, industry. They call it biohacking. And now there's all the, a lot of these things coming out, which I agree with You know, a lot of them. Just finding the time and having the money to do a lot of them is, is challenging. But uh, for example, cold water therapy. Plunging in an a ice bath. What they're finding, in which, which, which is really true, is the body was created and designed to be uncomfortable at times. And it's actually the uncomfortability, and I don't know if that's a word, but of the, you know, the ice bath that shocks the immune system or fasting where autophagy is engaged. And these things that are uncomfortable are actually very, very helpful because they cause your body to spring into action, for a lack of a better phrase there. And, uh, and same thing with spiritual things. It's, it's good to be a little uncomfortable. It's good to pray and fast. And through that, you know, it, it, it kind of shakes us out of our comfort zone. And, and comfort led the children of Israel down the wrong path. And comfort will lead us down the wrong path as well. So let's continue here. The Bible teaches that the presence and the power of God in our lives is always a blessing. Uh, Psalm 29:11. the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Now, a Christian is called to be a lean, mean, fighting, fasting machine. Now, I'm not talking about body weight, but spiritual weight. Weight to pull down strongholds. Leonard Ravenhill, again quoting Ravenhill, said, How can you pull down strongholds of Satan if you don't even have the strength to turn off your TV? Wow. We could fill in the blank. How, how, you know, how can you pull down strongholds of Satan if you don't even have the strength enough to fast or give up coffee or give up sugar? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's a great point here. And you could add, um, you know, how can we, we pull down strongholds of Satan uh, if we don't have the strength to say no to even food? I want to be clear here. I'm not teaching perfectionism. No one has complete mastery over the flesh. But our goal should be victory rather than constant defeat. See, we should be fighting from a position of victory, not constantly defeating or, you know, falling over and falling down and giving in. And, and we've got to break out of this comfort zone. Uh, it's challenging, but the fruit far outweighs, the fruit of discipline far outweighs the lasting pain of regret. Deeply embedded addictions can be reversed by starving the flesh. We are not powerless. We give control to either the flesh or the spirit. James 4, 5 reminds us that our spirit has yearnings. Uh, yearnings for what? Yearnings for the things of God. So our flesh has yearnings for the things of the flesh, drink too much, eat too much. But the, the spiritual yearnings are also important. We, what yearning do we crave into? Do we yield to the things of the flesh or do we give in to the things of the spirit? We will crave more of what we feed. Think about that. The more you feed the flesh, the more you'll crave the things of the flesh. Fasting silences the voice of the flesh. Now, we all fall short. The only difference between those who succeed and those who fail is that those who succeed get back up and fight again. Fasting doesn't twist God's arm. It realigns our heart with his. 
and it gets us back on track. It gives us wisdom and discernment for crucial issues. Discernment is one of our greatest challenges today. And I came across this news clip some time ago that illustrates my point. A 17-year-old Dutch girl who died on Monday during a bungee jump misheard the instructions and jumped on the word no jump. One of the Spanish instructors on the bridge when the teenager plummeted 40 meters to her death, told the police that the girl jumped before her harness was clipped to the bungee cord. An instructor told Spanish television that she had said, no jump, no jump, but the girl may misunder obviously mis misunderstood her words and thought that she said, now jump, now jump. So tragic, so tragic. Too many today are listening to the wrong voice. Are you? Are you? The goal of sin is to destroy our testimony, our lives, and our dreams and goals and ambitions by following the wrong voice. That's why fasting is so important. Don't get crazy. Don't get carried away for, with fasting. It's not like a cure-all, you know, every week I got, you know, but there, there, there's got to be a season of pressing in and seeking the heart of God through, through prayer and fasting. Now, obviously, we are to spend time in God's word, and we are to seek wisdom, and we are to use discernment without even do those things when we don't fast. But fasting adds spiritual weight to that challenge. We don't want to go when God says no. That is really the key. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.